Hi, welcome to CMO Insights. I am your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. And today as our guest, we have Todd Lebo, who is CEO of Ascend2. Todd, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. Uh, pleasure to have you. Uh, love working with you. I know you do a lot of great research and uh, we had partnered together a couple months back on revenue operations and, and kind of finding out what's going on out there. And uh, we'd love to just talk to you today about, about this whole emerging field and some of the things that we found out through the survey that we did together. Yeah, well, it was really, I was really excited when you came and brought up this topic. And, you know, Jeff, you've been around the block a few times like myself, and I've done a lot of research around, for example, marketing sales alignments, uh, various demand, you know, demand gen, uh, you know, how marketers and sales are, you know, doing things to to grow. And there's not a whole lot out there, though, where you bring that third element of customer success into it. So for this survey, we surveyed over 500 uh, professionals, but it was across marketing, sales, and customer success. And to me, that was kind of like one of the real unique components of this study, because we were able to segment down and kind of see you know where there were where there was alignment in thought between the three groups and where there was uh, not not alignment and and that was kind of really interesting jeff i mean some was intuitive that we had an idea but some was a little bit surprising as well so that basically customer success almost being like the the orphan uh, or the, the stepchild off on the side. Uh, yes. <laughs> a, lot of people, yeah, a lot of people talked about sales and marketing alignment, but it was almost seemed like customer success was an afterthought. It is. And, you know, and one of the, you know, I would say over the last two years, and especially the last year even, you know, we've seen more and more in our research this element of, you know, which is great of marketers and sales and companies overall looking at how do we improve the customer experience and they're really you know they're finally going more from just lip service to uh, really drilling down into that and one thing that this kind of showed was you need that third group you need customer success to be involved in that process if you want to have true improvement where you're in your customer experience why do you think so many people, when they hear the word operations anyway, they tend to take more of a, a look towards efficiency or productivity versus looking at it as a strategic capability? Why do you think that is? Well, I, I think they, you know, initially they think technology and operations, I think, you know, kind of kind of goes into that aspect of, you know, this is going to help uh, us synchronize between, you know, technology-wise between the groups but maybe not looking at it from the outward facing component of, oh, wow, this is having unified data, having a unified you know, look at our customer and treating them throughout the process where, you know, everybody knows what's going on with that customer, like how that can benefit the bottom line, how that can benefit revenue, how that can benefit, benefit not only acquisition, but retention and lifetime value of your customers. I, th I think that's kind of like that element where, they're now seeing the direct impact into revenue. So what, what other surprises came out of that research study? Sure. Um, you know, one was, you know, we took us, we took a segment of the data where we looked and asked, you know, have you far exceeded your revenue growth, 
you know, met your revenue growth or uh, underperformed. And we had a small group of people who far exceeded their revenue growth. And then we took that group and tried to find out, like, you know, what are they doing well? And we saw that their alignment between the three groups was higher. And so there was this direct correlation between, you know, exceeding your revenue growth and this alignment between all three groups. So I thought that was pretty interesting. It, it kind of brought, you know, the the thought that we had into, you know, reality, right? Uh, dollars and cents. So that was one thing that we found uh, very insightful. So one dimension that we didn't explore in this survey though, that I would love to see us maybe when we come out with round two, either later this year or next year, is the, the role of the reseller, the distributor, the bar um, as, a, as a fourth area. Because a lot of companies go to market through indirect channels and have a partner operations team as well. Uh, what would be your take there? Where do you where do you see partner operations fitting in with the, those other three? Well, I mean, I, I think that has to be, you know, that takes alignment to a whole different level when you're looking at alignment of those channels. And uh, you know, I've had some previous experience in that area as well. And you, you see a ton of inefficiencies as, you know, as you're looking at the channels. And so uh, I can only think that, that we're going to see some pretty you know, interesting findings on uh, what's lacking in that area and the need for improvement. I don't know, Jeff, I, I know you have a lot more apply experience in that, in that part, partner and channel area than I do, but um, my small experience in the research I've seen is uh, there's tons of room for growth. Yeah, I, in many organizations, it ends up being too isolated or an afterthought. Sometimes it reports in the marketing, sometimes it's in biz dev, sometimes it's bifurcated. But but even in, um, let's say, a traditional retail environment, you know, let's say you're a, a consumer packaged goods company and you're selling through big box retailers like a Target or Walmart or Kroger, you're disintermediated from your end customer because you don't have access to the point of sale data at the, the retailer and they often don't share it. You don't really have control over the customer experience at the retailer, but yet you're still trying to build brand and and take up shelf space, drive turns, get people to buy a product. So I think it's just an interesting dimension when you think about revenue operations, depending upon what industry you're in, it's a different filter. It's a, it's a different lens, right? Uh, or financial services where you have traditional physical locations as a branch, but now with all the fintech apps, and then you can bank online, you have Venmo and Zelle and all these different things. Like the customer experience is moving into a digital environment. How is that different than a branch environment? Right. And the expectations, I mean, at the end of the day, the expectations of the end user are are still the same and they're quite high. And so, uh, you know, one thing we were actually doing another study and one thing we're kind of asking in the um, customer customer service area is, you know, what industries do you do you see as kind of like the the high standard of customer experience and does that impact how you view other industries and we were actually just in fielding for that survey but it'll be kind of i think interesting because i think as consumers we all have uh these very positive experiences with companies or industries and you know we want that 
for all industries we're working with, right? So that has a direct, I think, influence on uh, how we view uh, our overall customer experience, regardless of the product or service we have. Yeah, I think we all want that Amazon experience or we all had that great restaurant meal experience. And then our expectation going forward is every other vendor provider should match that because that now represents the gold standard in terms of what that is. And then so taking it back to RevOps, not just aligning, but but what are some of the practical steps revenue operations can take to actually make that experience a reality? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things we looked at in the in the research was, uh, you know, what are your, you know, how you're measuring it? Like, what are the common common goals and KPIs that you're looking at that everybody has uh, direct access to and you're all playing on the same shit of music? And so we looked at that and we also looked at, which I thought was really important, just from the standpoint of access to uh, your financial department and and how, you know, do you have visibility into the numbers that they're providing so you can better understand. And so there's, you know, the three, you know, the, the marketing sales and customer success, but then that is all over the, uh, the financial uh, department and access, you know, having better access to that and having better understanding of, you know, what's important and what you should be striving for. Um, so many companies struggle to get that 360 degree view of the customer, a lot of data siloed. They invest in a lot of BI tools. They still can't get it right. Uh, I, I think it still comes back to it because they don't have a centralized team that's harmonizing the business processes underneath and streamlining how that data comes together. Right? Otherwise, you you try and solve the problem with technology, but I don't think technology without the organizational structure and alignment can actually get the job done. Right, and I, I know you've uh, talked about it, and Dr. Debbie, when uh, I was talking to her, you know, throughout this project, talked about a center of excellence. And uh, I don't know, maybe you could even <laughs> fill me on. I mean, I, I know you had some very, you know, specific views on kind of what's needed, be, you know, besides um, we're going to communicate more <laughs> together, but like actually having um, that structure and that center of excellence. Yeah, well, look, certainly communicating is better than not. Uh, right. Having shared objectives is better than not having shared objectives. Uh, you at least start to get on the path. But in looking at all the, the companies we work with, realistically, the ones that are actually making meaningful progress are the ones that have either built a formal center of excellence or they've taken steps to integrate sales and marketing together as part of one team. And, and, and um, you know, I've, I've shared some of this publicly lately, you know, Dev and I being pioneers in demand gen, we were big early creators and innovators around the role of marketing attribution. Yeah, the role of the MQL, the like getting marketing credit for sourcing it. I think we've both come to realize though, over the last couple of years, that all it's doing is perpetuating a lack of alignment between sales and marketing because it's still a battle as to who gets credit when really revenue is a team sport, when marketing and sales need to be working. So, you know, big enough to admit when I'm wrong. I <laughs> spent a lot of years advocating for all that those attribution models, but, and I'm not, that don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that marketing still shouldn't measure things. Of course they should, because they have to get understand where to best put their money 
But in terms of revenue acquisition and driving a lifetime customer value, this is, should be a one team effort. Like sales and marketing should be working together as part of one team. And really the only number that matters is the number. You know, so whatever sales is getting measured by, marketing should be measured by. And you effectuate that with a single team. Right, and I think we see that a lot, you know, in that aspect of, so over the years, for example, uh, doing research, when it comes to, for example, leads, you always hear quality over quantity. And I always couch that with, it could be a beginning of the month versus the end of the month discussion. At the beginning of the month, everybody's kind of aligned that we want quality leads. <laughs> and at the end of yep. the month, as you know, there's pressure mounting on hitting numbers, then it's, it's just give me a lead, right? Um, and, and it really kind of goes into the core of your belief system. And obviously as marketers, uh, and I speak more from a, a marketing perspective, you know, we understand numbers and hitting numbers and, you know, we understand what's, you know, in our heart, like what's needed to nurture a lead and to get a quality lead. But then when you have that pressure <laughs> that we, you know, uh, that you hit toward the end of the month, uh, it really it really challenges your belief system. And that's why I think it's really important to make sure that the teams have some, you know, maybe not, you know, not all of your metrics are gonna be uh, common. You're, you're gonna have a subset that each group is going to, uh, you know, is going to have and, and, and needs to hit, you know, but uh, that larger, that, you know, larger umbrella uh, group of um, numbers has to be, you know, have, you have to have the same amount of, I would say you have to have the same amount of pain, right, and joy yeah. that comes from hitting those numbers. So if although, one group's think, happy yeah. and one group's sad, um, that's not a good thing. We, we make ourselves feel better by using the word nurturing. And really, it's bombardment, right? I mean, because we're not nurturing the prospects. We are sending them email after email, content after content to nurture them. But that's not really nurturing. That's just trying to get them to click on something, right, so that we have a reason to talk to them. Nurturing is what we do with our garden, what we do with our children or a new puppy, you know, where we're tending to it, tending to its needs. We're feeding it. We're clothing it. We're taking care of it when, when it cries, you know. Um, that is ultimately nurturing. So I, I, I think, you know, sometimes we give ourselves this uh, false narrative that actually we're doing something in the best interest of the customer, but if we're just honest with ourselves, we're just trying to build an assembly line, right? Uh, and, and so it really has nothing to do with the customer experience at all or lifetime value. It has to do with our ability to hit some arbitrary number. Right. Yep, you're, you're absolutely right. And uh, so, so there was, like I said, there was just a lot of interesting perspectives on how these three groups saw things, you know, uh, like I said, some were pretty similar, but some were, you know, you could see by the gap between the numbers and, you know, I encourage everybody to download the report and research like this, uh, it quantifies a lot of things. Uh, it's also just a very helpful, you know, what I would say thinking tool. It just makes you like sit and you know as you're looking at the numbers and, and looking at these groups uh it makes you you know stop and think about you know what are we doing uh does this ring true uh you know is there something here that we could take and 
and test or implement. So I, I like to say the report that we did with you is a, is a great thinking tool for the team. Uh, you know, what are we doing right? What are some things that we can pull out of this and, and implement here in the next six months? Yeah, I think it is a good story. Um, you know, I, I think that with uh, each page, really, it's got your classic research, right, and your your talking points. But there's one or two things. Hey, here's the main idea uh, on this page. The report. Think about this, and and are you doing this? So uh, based upon then what you saw in the research, the company has not yet begun its journey to revenue operations. What would be your take? What do you think are the first couple things they should be doing? Yeah. Well, one of the encouraging th things was, you know, when it came to alignment and people doing this, you know, it was like, I think, 29 percent. But there was a much larger, like 60 percent that are in the process. And so it really does kind of show that, you know. The train is moving, right, <laughs> and people are realizing that this is the train to get on. And and so they're in various stages and stages of doing this. And so. A couple of things I would encourage. One would be, you know, to get, you know, the customer success team involved in the process because that definitely they're definitely the last ones invited to the party, and you can see that in the data. And getting them involved, uh, I did see with the customer success team that you know, like they they see the benefit of what they're doing to the customer experience. They still don't really see how it ties to the bottom line and revenue you know so i think as a as an organization showing your customer success team you know how this really does impact revenue and what they're doing uh, impacts revenue is a really important important component of you know what you're doing and i think the last thing would be and as you kind of mentioned here before everything we do should be connected or thinking about how do we how do we truly improve the customer experience you know and how do we get out of this rut of just throwing stuff at them and hope you know kind of you know playing the odds right you know a lot of times we're card counters <laughs> you know we you know we play the odds and we get very comfortable just you know if we you know send out enough emails and send out enough of this enough of that uh, that we're that the numbers are going to work out at the end of the month, and I think as we improve our, you know, improve the technology we have as we get aligned, we're realizing that you know there are you know there is a science to this, right? And there are ways that we can you know get out of that you know old way of doing things and start applying some of these new strategies, and and they, and they work. You know, we see that in the numbers, we see that in the growth. You know. The just growth just got to get to it, right? Take just take that first step and, and get moving. Yeah, you don't have to do it all. You know, you're, it's not a in six months we're going to be there. It's just you know taking small steps and you know take baby steps and um, and if you're not doing it, your competition is right. And so if you're not moving forward, you're uh, you're falling behind. Well said. That's a fact. Todd Levo, CEO of Sent2. Thanks again for being on the program and for your help in uh, putting together some outstanding research on revenue operations. Thank you, Jeff. It was a pleasure. No problem. And for anybody that wants to get a copy of the RevOps report, uh, they can go to the homepage of the Woods Group 
and uh, just click the link in the chat bot will give it to you in about 30 seconds. So thanks, Todd, uh, and we'll talk.